This is the Two Lights Podcast. Join me, Robert Nicolato, and my wife, Crystal Nicolato, as we explore the words and principles of the truth that illuminate the direction and the steps on the path of life. As I was on my walk this morning, uh, it's hard not to notice that spring is in the air. <laughs> mm. It feels more like summer at this point almost. Yeah, it's almost like we went straight from one to the other. As I'm walking, there's this little part of the sidewalk up against one of the houses where all these lilacs grow. Mm-hmm. And there's such a if you've ever smelt lilac before, it's this kind of a bushy plant with these purple flowers on it that are kind of cone-shaped. Mm-hmm. And it's such a smell. It's like a sweet, kind of a fruity smell. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's delightful. Yeah. <laughs> there, There's something about that that I thought is analogous to when you come across something in the Bible that you've never seen before, where you've kind of got this, well, it's just like this in the air kind of a delight, I guess you could say, to see something that you've never seen before. So you're saying it's something that you've never seen before? Well, maybe it's, it's just like, oh, that smells good. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Where... It's, um, it distinguishes itself in, say, one of your senses in a way. That's the thing with a smell. And it actually, because when I walk, it's dark. Right. I actually can't see the purple and the bush. All I see is a silhouette, but I smell the flower and I know it's there. Mm-hmm. It's almost... Which is very much like the Holy Spirit, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, you don't see it, but you know it's there. Right. And And that's like exactly how Jesus described it to Nicodemus and John. Yeah, yeah, like this invisible force that is uh, an invisible mover, Mm -hmm. an invisible, well, teacher is what the Bible calls the Holy Spirit also. Mm -hmm. So I think one thing that's, also like the Holy Spirit is, well, maybe I shouldn't say it's like the Holy Spirit, but you know how, um, so with with physical exercise, you've got this, there's this dread that comes along with the suffering of exercise. Right. Right. And it's always there. Right. You never, right. It's never like you're totally like, I want to do this totally. Well, yeah, it's it's like you can psych yourself up for it. Right. But it's always there though. Yeah. And, and there's days where you're more motivated than others. Yeah. But it's it's never the run that's the motivation in my, for me in in, in any way. It's more along the lines of, I'm maybe enthusiastic about the result. Right. Or maybe being able to 
announce, I guess you could say, to myself and maybe to you and to others about improvements made. Right. You know what I'm saying? So there's there's these underlying motivations. Right. And it, it's always been like having that extra edge of strength is part of the motivation too. Like right. I go up the stairs, for right. instance. Right, and you feel better. Yeah, and it's like no big deal. Or um, I'm able to, you know, chase our kiddos around the yard and I'm not like pooped. Um, so these, there's actually, so there's these sur- superfluous, not superfluous, but uh, there's the, there, there's actually the, the meat of the exercise is not the bush itself. If we go back to the lilac, you know, mm-hmm. I can't see the bush. Right. I can smell though the, um, I guess you could say the spirit of the flower. Right. You know, it's, it's broadcasting itself. Right. And I'm, and my senses are picking that up. Exercise almost has that same kind of a thing where it's the, the spirit of the exercise, which I haven't obtained yet at that point, is actually the motivation that I'm It's it's the finish line that I'm looking for right. further out. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah. I kind of feel like I'm going in circles. No, that <laughs> totally makes sense about exercise. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the exercise itself. Yeah. Yeah. So, because uh, why why would anyone suffer? Right. With... It's because you're you're seeking something from it. Right. Not you're you're not just seeking it. Right. Yeah. Like if there was no benefit to it, you probably wouldn't seek it at all. Right. Right. And sometimes it's a perceived benefit. Maybe someone has told you, oh, you should do this. Right. It's helped me. And because of your respect for them, you you do it. Right. And, and then you get to experience, say, um, so a- actually maybe at first what you're doing is you're actually riding off of this person's spirit. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I'm using that, the, the word spirit like the Bible uses it. Because it actually uses the word in conjunction with men, little s, spirit, and like the Holy Spirit, you know, capital S, like God. And so the spirit of man. Um, it's like the, the, the force that moves him from one thing to the next. And um, the Holy Spirit is something that I've been thinking about a lot. And uh, I can't say that I understand it very well, but the idea of the... How do you say this? Well, it's, it's like a wind. It's like the... Uh, Numa is the actual word for spirit in the New Testament, and it means breath. Mm-hmm. And but it also means like wind, like even violent wind, like tornado or hurricane. So it's got such a broad idea behind it. Mm-hmm. And 
and we've talked about this before, wind is totally invisible. Right. And you only see the effects of it. And and maybe it's just the effects of it um, that you remember, that you are, that you're actually striving for. So like when we sit down every mo- morning and we read our Bibles, it's it's almost like it's the memory of the wind that we're striving for. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. it... Because when I sit down to, to read the Bible, it's not like, just like with exercise, it's not like, it, I should say, it's very rare that the motivation is there before I sit down. Right. It's almost like I sit down to read and to spend time with God. And that that, that is what I'm after. And I was really thinking about that this morning, that the motivation of seeking God to, to, by the Holy Spirit, to be joined with, to be joined with Jesus. If you've never felt that before, if you've, if the Holy, if the power of the Holy Spirit conjoined with Jesus has never actually been a part of your experience as you sat down at the Bible or as you've endeavored to pray. Why would you do it? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and maybe you you're it's the spirit of someone else's time at with God is motivating to you, and so. That's actually one thing that, you know, so yesterday we, we heard um, that Ravi Zacharias died. Mm-hmm. He was one of those people where the spirit of the fellowship that he had with Christ mm-hmm. is actually a motivating factor for people that would hear him. Right. And so he would spend time thinking about the relationship between life in Christ and all the different distractions in in the world that are totally distracting people or that would prevent people from seeing Jesus Christ in 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 life right and and so he came from the hindu background and he's able to speak from to where they you know catch his spirit and then they're willing to take a chance to try to discover Jesus based on what he says. Right. When the Bible says that fellowship with the Lord is like honey or the honeycomb, mm-hmm. what's it saying? That it's sweet. It's saying it's sweet. Mm-hmm. It's saying it's something that's desirable. Right. It's saying that it's something that you would you would want to return to right. if you actually had tasted it. Right. What if people have never tasted that? Right, that's true, because it's not like it said it's like broccoli or something. Because you, someone might eat broccoli because they know it's good for them. So there's, oh. also, there's also this like, well, I feel good when I eat it. 
it makes me strong, but it doesn't ever taste good. Yeah. You know, so it's not like it's, you know it's good, because there's some value in knowing something's good for you and doing it, regardless of the taste. Right. But this is saying that it actually is good for you and tastes good. Yes. So it's different from exercise in that there's something out there. It's like so it, there's a memory of goodness in the actual in act. it itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is so different. Yeah, John Piper always talks about that. And he mentioned this one time, because uh, he always talks about pursuing joy in Christ. Yes. And how some people think that's like heretical, uh-huh. that that would be a pursuit. You know, it's like, well, I pursue God because he's God. I pursue God because it's good. But John Piper always is saying, no, God is most glorified when I am most satisfied yeah. in him. Yeah. And he calls that Christian hedonism. Just this term of really finding your joy in God and like happiness, satisfaction, like that that's okay. Yeah. And he was on this panel, I think in England with Elizabeth Elliot and John Piper was talking about Christian hedonism. And of course, Elizabeth Elliot, like him and her had a lot of respect for each other, of course. Yeah. But she was saying, I don't think this is right. Like, why is this something you talk about so often? It seems off. Mm. Like she said, you pursue God because God tells you to because Mm. you obey him like Mm. obedience is the highest form of love right and you know because that's just like her like very regimented very obedient very godly like wanting to do what's correct right but john piper was saying though but even beyond that there is a sweetness and a joy that actually makes a relationship alive right and that that is where God receives the most glory. Right. Because it's like what you're saying. It's not just the exercise itself. It's the fruit of it. And that's what changes a life. And that's worth pursuing. And it's there. It's possible. Right. Because I think for so many people, it's like you seek the Lord because it's right. Mm-hmm. But what the Bible is saying, what he was saying is, no, it's possible to have maximum joy Yeah. in that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think... You see that through the entire Bible, that even with the Jewish feasts and stuff, it's like, hey, delight in the Lord. And that's what we talked about at Bible study last night, right? Yes. Because our Bible study leader was saying, a lot of people think about the Old Testament and think the Jews must have been buried under laws. Yeah. But that God was still asking them to find their joy in Him. And you see that throughout the Old Testament, too, that God always wanted their heart. Yeah. It, one reason you see that is because in the New Testament, Jesus says that that was the case. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I remember having a dream several years ago um, about the Israelites. I think I told you about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I never understood um, when the Israelites were in the desert, why God was so harsh on them. Like why they were thirsty and they complained about being thirsty, and they, God was upset that they were complaining. And right. I, I never understood, like... Well, t- tell us the dream. Oh, yeah, I will. Oh, okay. Yep, I just never understood that. Okay. Like, the whole time I've been reading God's Word, I never understood that. Mm-hmm. And I had this dream where I was an Israelite, and we were all walking through the desert. And um, I was really, really thirsty. And I remember falling down on my knees and crying out to God. 
and just having this sense in my dream that it wasn't that I was thirsty, or it wasn't that they were thirsty that God was angry about. God wasn't angry about them being thirsty. Mm-hmm. God was angry about them seeking thirst before him. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So he wasn't angry that they had a need. He was angry that the need was their pursuit. Like mm-hmm. it says in the New Testament, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and right. all these things will be added unto you. Yeah. So he wasn't upset that I had a need. He was upset that the pursuit of the need was my pursuit. And so after that dream, I was just so impacted and it made so much more sense since that point that it wasn't that they had needs that was the problem. It was the pursuit of the needs and a lack of faith, like Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 3 and proceeding, or um, yeah, Hebrews chapter 3 and on, um, that it's the lack of faith. It's not the need. Uh You know, like God's not going to punish them for having needs. Like he made people weak and frail with needs. So he made the need. Yes. So it's not... Right. Because or if you think it's being punished for the need, you're just like, right. how harsh? I don't understand. Like, this makes no sense. Like, mm. you make me have a need, and then I get punished for it. Right. But that's not it at all, if you really think about it. Yeah. Well, and then by having intrinsic needs, like a child has intrinsic needs, I mean, that means that there's... A necessity for a provider. Mm -hmm. The necessity for a provider. And if we believe that the provider loves us and is good, then that's going to color our attitude. Right. And so from faith in the provider and, you know, Jehovah Jireh, you know, my provider. Right. And that's, that's... I believe that's the first time that Jehovah Jireh is used is with Abraham as he's about oh, ready right. to sacrifice his son at the command of God. You know, God right. says, hey, offer your son whom you love. Right. And um, and he's, he's, he's getting ready to do it. Right. And, and God provides, provides Jehovah Jireh a... A sacrifice other than his his other than Abraham's son, right. which is a foreshadowing of God himself offering his own son, you know, thousands of years later, which is just the imagery um is just so consistent through the whole Bible. It's right. It's it's amazing. Right, and you'd think It'd be so easy for Abraham to think it's not fair or it's wrong. Like, you even think about it now and you're like, that's just... But that's not even the point. Yeah. It's such an... It does seem so out of the box and so... It doesn't fit into Western, progressive, you know, postmodern anything. I mean, that's Well, it barely fits in my brain, so forget theirs. Yeah. If it's a struggle for a Christian... There's a bit of irony there in that we're, you know, if you look at how many people have died of the coronavirus and how many people were murdered in abortion at, in, in the same space of time, one number pales to the other. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. So, I mean, obviously, to sacrifice a son, well, 
we should be a little bit more comfortable with that idea than we are, considering that's what we're doing in mass, in America, and in the world in general. Right. So it's, we've just defined it differently, so it doesn't register in the conscience. Right, for sure. Which is... And it's not viewed as a sacrificing of your child. Yeah. But that's exactly what it is. Right. It's because if this child lives, then I cannot live my life. Right. So I quite literally am sacrificing the child for my life. Right. And they will, they will in so many words, say that. Right. That I'm successful today because I, because I was able to get rid of terminate this child. Right. And murder this child. Of course, it's not murder because right. they say so. Right. Well, that's not what God says about it. So, um, I suppose that's a bit of a rabbit trail. But, um, yeah, just that God I, I think there's times where the sweetness is more apparent so there's, there's times where the pursuit of Jesus, to abide in Jesus, is more like exercise. Right. And then there are times where it's more like sweetness. Right. But it's still the pursuit is always right. the relationship yeah. through the mode of the discipline. Yes. Like running. Yes. Like the mode is discipline. The pursuit is joy. Right. Yeah. So the pursuit's not the discipline. The discipline is the road to the joy. Yes. And, and, and the sacrificing of it, so the sacrifice that is in exercise, it's understood that that, that, can be, that that's a good thing. And we have all these physical realities that point to us that, oh, physical exercise is a good thing. Well... The discipline that comes along with the, the spiritual realm actually is the same thing. It's there's there's the, the parallels between the two are irrefutable, really. And the verse there's a verse in the Bible that says I'm paraphrasing that uh, physical exercise profits little, but the pursuit of the spirit has um, fruit that reaches into eternity. Is that's not godliness with contentment is great gain. That's another chapter. I think that's another, another verse. Yeah, mm-hmm. that might be in the same area actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember there always being an emphasis on the fact that exercise. Well, what it ended up being is that exercise became the lesser of the two, mm-hmm. but it was it's drawing a parallel between the two. Right. Just the spiritual goes into eternity. Right. And obviously physical exercise ends with the life itself. And so it's almost like they're they're on the same plane until you get to the end of life. The end of life, one just keeps going. Right. And that, that's not quite right because I I think the spiritual actually 
reaches into eternity on in life. In life, yeah. 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 And I, I think that's a reality. So there's so much prestige to be had exercising. Mm-hmm. So someone who's fit, I mean, we've got entire cultural segments built around being fit, mm-hmm. you know, being healthy. Mm-hmm. And even in the Christian community, I've noticed that you can post about, you know, how well you did in a run and you'll get people, you know, thumbs up, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. People are willing to pat you on the back for that. Mm-hmm. But then you could do the same thing about spiritual things and it's like crickets. Right. Why is that? Because I mean, as it goes, running, you know, we're, so we'll be running, you know, 15 miles in October. Well, in October, I'll be done reading the Bible. Right. Um, also, which is, man, that that's a long run. Right. You know what I'm saying? And right. Like, why isn't there training? Why isn't there... Like, right. Why, why isn't there... Right. Like, oh, wow, good job, you know. Right. No, it, it's just not there. No way. You see what I'm saying? So it's yeah. almost like, in some respects, it's inverted. And right. I, I think that's why the Bible says it, that, right. hey... Physical exercise profits little. Right. Now, it does profit. Right. But in comparison to... But maybe to, people think you should be reading your Bible, so there's nothing, like, novel about that. You know, like, you don't want to make spiritual things something you're profiting from. I think I think it might actually reach back into um, the Sermon on the Mount, where it talks about not... Tooting your horn, so right, to speak. Right. Yeah, it's just awkward. Spiritually like, speaking, right, for sure. Right. And and I, I can understand that to a certain extent, but but then if everyone's being so quiet about it, and it, because it is kind of motivating to right. have other people just right to challenge, to hold accountable, yeah, to yeah. So I'm not exactly sure where the balance lies. Yeah. I, yeah. Exactly. Right. But I kind of feel like there, it makes sense that there would be some of that. Right. Does it mean that it would be in gen, not genuine? Right. I don't know. There, there's something to the worship of God in a way that's private and is not public. Right. And that I think that's undisputable. But there's also something about worship that's public. Right. Like worship, for instance. Well, and that would basically be what any sort of teaching is from someone who knows some more than you do. Right. Yeah. So where's the reality? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I guess that's that's just kind of an open question. I, I, I suppose I wouldn't mind hearing from some of our listeners what they think about that. The kind of the paradox between, well, we do things publicly in, in worship to God, and that is... That's good, mm-hmm. but then we do we still do have um Jesus's admonishing us to you know let don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing mm-hmm. and then I think it uses the word alms in the King James version in the Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. The Pharisees you know would blow a trumpet before them, right they would pray on the street corners and there was something about that that wasn't 
Right. Well, I think they're like making a special distinction. Mm. But I think there's a difference between saying, I'm doing this, do this with me. Right. That's totally... Right. The difference between look at me... Yeah, and do this with me. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think there's a big difference. There, There is... But I can, I think we can both agree that we. I see the danger. You know what I'm saying? If if you're saying do this with me, it's possible that there's a something that's not genuine about that. Right. You're saying with your mouth, do this with me, but you're also saying, look at me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That it, that it can be both at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually what would make it difficult to be a spiritual spectacle, kind of like Ravi Zacharias was. You know what I'm saying? So I know Ravi encouraged him and his staff. It's like having a a morning Bible study was like something that was a part of Ravi Zacharias's uh, the the culture that he created at RZIM. Um, Ravi. Zacharias International Ministries. That was a part of the culture. It's like, you spend time with God in the morning, in the Bible, seeking Him. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, to, to tell other people about that is, to me, is that's appropriate. You right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, so see what I'm saying? That there's this balancing act that I guess I'm I'm not exactly sure where to take it. Right. But I feel like it's a conversation that we should have because I would I want to set up a proper protocol to where we are motivating each other in the scriptures, in prayer, in a helpful way that's not heretical. Right. You know, that's not like the Pharisees. Right. But still is like, oh, you know, like you, you, you're you're working right now to do uh, beatnik, you know hashtag beatnik. Um, I ran um, that my nick that, that was my nickname in alert was Nick, and so I ran four miles in thirty two minutes, and I put down hey, you know beat Nick. You no know, challenge was like hey beat my time, and then and that was challenging to you right, mm-hmm. and it's it's been a motivation for you to kind of right push past what you think you can do right way past yeah never yeah and and there's there's something motivating about that right um and and for there to be kind of a spiritual counterpart to that to where like you know i want i want to be like ravi zacharias where i'm able to answer the culture where they're at right you know when the when they come after Christ and the truth of Christ in a with with genuine questions. Sometimes the questions aren't genuine and they're right. more like gotchas. But to be able to answer to answer them, just like the Bible says, right. you know. And how does the Bible say to answer someone like that? Well, yesterday I was reading in Luke that a, a man asked Jesus who his neighbor was and he was seeking to justify himself. Right. You know, yes. so people did that to Jesus all the time. Right. What, and what did Jesus, how did Jesus answer his question? With more questions. With more questions. 
And yeah, if, if I remember it correctly, he asked the question, who is my neighbor? Yeah, and he told the parable of the Good Samaritan. Right. And then, and then it made it very clear to him. The answer. Yeah. All right, well, I suppose that's something that we can think about. Um, mm-hmm. And for any of our listeners who would have a thought or mm-hmm. have a question or maybe a protocol that would be wise where we're able to motivate one another or have been motivated. Maybe you've been motivated and it's like, this is how I was motivated. I wouldn't mind hearing about that. I'm sure you wouldn't mind hearing about that. Right. Um, so you could email us at two lights podcast at gmail.com or you can message us, uh, direct message us on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. We'll, we'll call that a day. Sounds good. All right. You have been listening to the Two Lights Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star rating. If you did not enjoy this podcast, feel free not to give us any rating at all. We would like to keep our rating up at five if we can. Tell your friends and don't forget to subscribe. And from the Nicolato house to yours, we thank you. Thank you.